0: the seven rock life show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire those that choose to live a life that is victorious contributing to society and having fun along the journey learning to develop new chapters in life learning from the past but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories that you create i'm your host steven mazurko Thanks for tuning in and being a part of the 7 Rock Life journey of changing lives. Enjoy the show. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to 7 Rock Life Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko. Uh, it's great to be here with you all. I have an amazing guest tonight. Um, Kenny Enterrino um, and uh, Taliano name and I'm so excited and I've been wanting to do this podcast you guys are in for a, an awesome treat you know it's interesting a couple months ago you know we were talking about this and we used to have podcast talks in his office and he'll talk about this but uh, just a, a great guy started 20 years old in the fitness industry um, 23 years old became the head sales manager for a multi-million dollar operation and he's 25 years old now, and just get ready for an amazing time. Um, so here's, uh, here's Kenny guys.:
1: Oh, thank you, Steve. You're so generous. I really appreciate it, man.
0: Um, I've been really looking forward to this. you know, We were, we were speaking uh, just before uh, with my brother, and um, you know it just there's things that you look forward to, and we've had so many intellectual conversations together, and at 25 years old, I really respect you, I admire you. Um, for your knowledge and wisdom and this is gonna be we're gonna go really deep into this, you know So we may go over an hour um, But just be ready guys and it's really excited to see what you're gonna hear So, um, so yeah, you know, Kenny, can you give a little background of just growing up? Uh, your your childhood and everything and uh, just you know, where you where you all started.
1: Yeah, absolutely So, um, I was born and raised in the Bronx Um, you know, uh, one of three brothers uh, raised by a single mom um, shout out to her uh, and yeah from there, you know, I learned a lot about character, you know, in the streets, you learn a lot about um, how people think how people move. And very early on, I learned that life's about how you react and how you act to things. And um, here I am now at, you know, 25 years old, still learning, still growing. And um, I really have to thank the mentors in my life and, and, you know, friends like you who Come into the office from time to time so we could chat and talk and there's such fruitful conversations i feel like yeah, the, um,
0: the combos in there are were mind-blowing
1: <laughs> yeah man yeah they go really deep um and yeah. I, I think that's really cool you know two years ago i watched this video it was about um how to have big talk you know a lot of people tend to have small talk all day long and people don't really get to dive deep and that's something that i really appreciate and uh you know in the streets we had this saying real recognize real so hmm. as soon as i met you man i was like hey we could do this
0: yeah no I first time I met you you were just you were so authentic so real and just um, you know when you have intellectual conversations with people they're not surface they're just you know very um, strategic very just knowledgeable and you had tremendous amount of content yeah. you know to be able to share at such a young age so um, so yeah talk a little bit about your childhood you know and just uh, growing up and some of the struggles you went through and I know you know we're gonna be really real uh, in this we're gonna talk a little bit about you know father power um, you know, we we may cry. I I probably cry, you know, because uh, I'm an emotion. I'm a cavity. I'm a, a sensitive. I'm very sensitive, especially being Italian. So, um, but yeah, you know, just talk about growing up. Sure, you know, kind of what made you Who you are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the Bronx, right? Um, I have a couple of my homies still who are still there, and really the goal is get out. You mm. know, um, there's just from the side of the town that you know I grew up. Um, and the goal was just to really get out and and make a living and and you know, I remember when I was 18 and I was old enough to work, the goal was to make enough money to have an apartment and have a car. And that was the goal. That was the big dream. So you think about the starting line and how people in, you know, areas like the Bronx or any, any area where it's, you know, a low income area, uh, the starting line's a lot further back than in other areas, like a middle-class area or high-class area. So
0: why do you think that is, you know, that, that kind of box mentality?
1: Yeah. You know what? Um, I think people are only aware of what they're exposed to, right? So mm-hmm. when you're in an area like the Bronx and you go to school there, you only are exposed to people from that area. Very few people are spending time from outside of that area, in that area, trying to make an influence and help people. So we'll touch on that actually. So growing up, I uh, had the opportunity to, to – you know i I did well in school and had the opportunity to be part of a chess team when i was eight years old so i had you know my first mentor in life you know was my russian chess teacher uh yuri lapchin shout out to him Uh, he's a really intelligent guy and i remember he went to the school he went to the principal he said give me your smartest students you know and that's a really bad russian accent but um he's
0: the russian space there you go that's really good
1: good (laughs) (laughs) but he was incredible and it took us about Um, I actually learned how to play chess at the age of eight and by the time I was nine years old I competed in my first national championship, you know in Florida, and it was it was a kid's dream I got to go to Disney. I remember it was December it was cold in New York and uh, Got my plane ticket to go to Disney and all expense paid trip at the Dolphin Resort and this is when I run a dolphin I'm sorry. Swan and dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. I've been there a couple times. That's so funny. Yeah.
1: And they got that fake, like, like, it's like a, like a fake beach in the middle. Yes. You got yes. sand, yeah, sick yeah, basketball yeah. court. There, yep. Too. They have the volleyball court. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've been there a few times.
1: Really beautiful. So, um, so we were talking about, right. Why people tend to stay in that box mentality. So with the opportunity that I received with chess at the age of nine at that time, I got to see things bigger than what i was exposed to so Hmm. when i saw that i was like wow there's there's potential in in you know in in my ability to play this game and i can i can get my family somewhere with this so um, i started to play the game i took it very seriously every saturday morning i pretty much woke up to go to a local chess tournament um which was uh they were hosted by this amazing program which uh, i think still exists it's called chess in the schools it's a non-for-profit organization in new york city um and you know players got the opportunity to play in actual rated tournaments, which is really important if you want to rank in in the nation and play in these national tournaments so uh, I got to play in those tournaments, and uh, I studied a lot. My chess teacher actually uh he was so stubborn he didn't want to give me American books, so he actually taught me how to read the chess pieces in Russian wow. and gave me Russian books because in chess you learn notation yeah um and yeah, that was pretty much it, so I took that. And I I started to play chess. And around that same time, I started skateboarding as well, which we'll touch on later. But, um, yeah, I did really well in school. Um, Did you you like
0: Rob Dijek Factory, the fantasy factory? I love, yeah. I've always wanted to build one of those. You know what?
1: Rob Deerdeck is one of those guys who took Dyrdek, skateboarding yeah. and and monetized it yep. like no one else has. He and created
0: something. He did what Steve Jobs did with you know with something that people didn't envision. He created. He was a visionary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy even when he was sponsored by companies, a lot of people don't know this. When he was sponsored by companies like Alien Workshop and DC Shoes, he actually asked for a percentage of the company.
0: So smart. He's like, if you want me, it's like, I'm, I'm going to, I want something passive from it.
1: Yeah. So um, when he got too old to actually skateboard, which is really your bread and butter, right? As an athlete, your, your ability to perform is what's going to make you money. He saw long-term, he was like, no, I want to, P- I want PC. Right. So uh really smart guy.
0: Yeah. He, he was, he had that entrepreneur mentality. Yeah. You know, like, and there's like, there's athletes who are athletes and then athletes who are athlete entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah absolutely and and you and I have talked about it a couple of times you know you got to recognize the vehicle and and maximize that opportunity and make it a long term thing, right um, so jumping back to chess, you know, I got to play chess, um still one of my favorite games I still play with friends from time to time. well, it's funny you
0: I <laughs> had a friend over the other day we were hanging out with yeah the other entrepreneurs and they didn't know that you were a national ch- chess champion yeah. um you know and i never i'm starting to learn in you know, a little bit cuz i see how complex it is and it's great it's just so strategic it makes you smarter actually and he's playing him and then midway he's like you're really good i was like yeah he's a national ch- chess champion he's like are you kidding me come on bro you know and uh so that was uh that was really funny man when when you were here but you said something so interesting because i always talk about environment mm-hmm. kenny yeah And, you know, even with, you know, certain gyms or certain places, environment is so key to help you get a great workout, to help you uh, make your relationship better. And you said when you were down there, you got exposed because that happened to me, actually. Mm -hmm. I was traveling as a young kid and playing baseball, going to DR, doing different places, exposed me to another world besides, you know, 11784 Selden, you know, or the Bronx, right? Mm -hmm. Why like environment is, is the, I mean, that plays such a big role. Why is it so important to you or just to, you know, people listening to this right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's take it back to biology as, as an animal, your environment will determine how you adapt, right. And your, your ability to adapt will then will result in either survival or death, right. As an animal, we're, we're pretty much designed to do that. So as I started to get older and experience new things and new people, I started to adapt. And as I adapted, I realized, well, I'm, I'm actually becoming the person that's adapting, right? Mm. So as you slowly but surely incrementally evolve into that person, you know, so does your standard for being really. And you start to communicate with people differently and you start to uh, – you know, you start to explore different ideas outside of that quote unquote comfort zone that you're so used to. And a lot of people in the hood, unfortunately, get stuck in that box because they don't have that exposure yep. and/or aren't giving the mentor to go, hey, please acknowledge this. Please understand how valuable this opportunity is. You know, because some people get opportunities, but were they told, you know, were they shown the way? Were they able to absorb that and go this is an opportunity for me to grow and learn or is it just another experience are we going through the motions
0: and i've heard this before people that come from maybe not the best series is, is the hood not the hood is not a place the hood is a mentality
1: yeah you
0: know absolutely and uh when the mentality is right you can get yourself you know uh, out of whatever you want yeah and it's it's that breakthrough right because you know, kind of going through that, hearing that, and then you, at 20 years old, you got into the fitness industry, yeah. right? So walk us through now. was your childhood and everything, you know, and we'll kind of go backwards because there's another part, you yeah. know, uh, with father power and all that and family that motivated you. But 20 years old, fitness, walk us through that.
1: Yeah. So it's a funny story how I ended up in the fitness industry. And uh, there's a couple of serendipitous moments in my life that have resulted in really, again, that of evolution of Kenny and, and doing new things and experiencing new things. So it's funny. Cause around the age of 18, my brother was 16 at the time. I have a little brother named Jeffrey. Shout out to him. Um, he wanted to join the military. So my mom's like, Hey, can you figure out what this guy is doing down at battery park? Like, you know, an hour away from the Bronx, he's going all the way down there to train with these Marines. I don't trust it. Can you check it out? And I checked it out. And my brother was j- literally just getting to work out, Twice a week with people and be part of a community, and that's what really made him want to become part of the military. So then I started to realize, you know what, he he really does have more of a passion for the fitness aspect and the community built in that, right? So everyone's looking for a community. So when I jumped into yep. the fitness industry, um, one, it just happened; it fell on my lap, actually. So. Um, going to my brother and seeing him work out, he motivated me to work out. So around that time I was about 18 years old, 135 pounds soaking wet. And <laughs> in about 10 months, my brother and I crushed it. I mean, we joined like a local gym in the Bronx.
0: You Lift things up and put them down. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: we ate so much and, uh, no, but we were, we were pretty, we were pretty regimented and we, we really studied it. Actually, we did, we did the research. We followed the proper people. We followed the regiments verbatim, you know, and you know, you start to learn processes and see how someone can follow a process and follow through with it and build on it yep. and layer on it. And that's what I love about fitness. Um, your, but
0: that's a cheat code to life. That's Find right. somebody that's done what you've done and just copy what they've done, their work ethic, their mindset. You know, it's like, I don't know if some of you guys listen to this if contra, you know, contra, you get up, up, down, round, left, right, left, IBA select starts and most famous code in the world. It's like, yeah. that's your cheat code, yeah. you know, to, to get through things. And, it, and it's, it's, you know, it's, Okay cheating because it's just following somebody else's success.
1: Absolutely. Right. Smart people learn from their mistakes Intelligent people learn from the mistakes of others. Boom. So um, So as me and my brother started to build this uh, and our relationship grew through that I just had this this I felt the love in fitness, you know, it just made it just made sense to me So as I started to get results in the gym and people started to notice and you know, that's a big part of fitness, right? It it keeps you motivated people. Hey, you look like you put on some size. Good good stuff. So it's a rock of life yeah, absolutely. Health, health and wellness is a rock of life. You yeah. you must have that. Um, when that's going right, everything else seems to go right. Yep. So uh, around the age of uh, twenty, I got a call from a from a friend who's like, "Hey, look, I, I heard about this job. Um, this is with a different company, um, but I heard about this job, and I can't take it because you know I obviously know nothing about fitness, and honestly, don't want it." And it's all the way up in Westchester. So you have to take the train there to get it. And I was like, you know what? I really need this job. Plus, it's the fitness industry. Why not? So I went over there, interviewed, knew nothing about the business. And uh, I was put in front of a manager who was like, all right, tell me about yourself. And my exact words in that interview were, well, um yeah i mean i can sell memberships because uh i got guns that <laughs> was so
0: wow it was so
1: funny so great. yeah he'll never let me live that down oh. but um but yeah i ended but, up getting the job
0: <laughs> but you said something because i always say you need to change your zip code to succeed you know that. you if if you're not afra- if you're afraid to go the miles or drive the distance you success is not for you that's right and that it's funny because a lot of people will miss that and if you're listening He's like the one guy, and I talk about in my book, surviving versus thriving. Mm. The survivor is like too far. The thriver, which is you, right? And you're just beginning your journey, and you're going to do amazing things in life. You are like, no, I'm going to go out of my way. I don't care. It's it's the thing that you don't want to do is the thing that you do want to do. That's right. And that's what you're fraud for breakfast.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, I eat grasshoppers a couple months ago. (laughs) True story. Really? Mexican restaurant, chocolate Uh, covered. Yeah, they were. Yeah, nice. they were yeah. chocolate covered. Thank God. And, yeah, uh, <laughs>
1: that's the future of protein for this world. I believe it. Yeah, no <laughs> way. Yeah. yeah. So but
0: that's just a little, a little nugget. But So keep going. You, you get the job. You're up there now.
1: Yeah. So I'm up there and uh, it's funny how the universe works. So I'm up there. That was my job. That's what I interviewed for. That's that's where I was going to be. And then uh, found out two weeks later that there's going to be one of those gyms in the Bronx. And it just like, whoa, the stars aligned. I'm like, what are the chances, right? So I had the opportunity to grand open that club, which, by the way, was probably the most painful process in the world. Um, Not only was I going through a lot personally outside of work, and, you know, your 20s are really weird, but 20 years old for me was really a a rocky start. So um, dealing with family issues, financial things, um, you know, all my friends were in college, and I was just pursuing a career that you know, it, it was kind of a Hail Mary. Um, so ended up going there, and the club didn't open for a year. So I learned a lot of my marketing and sales abilities on the streets of the Bronx. So a lot of people actually don't know this. Street especially...
0: pharmacist? <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I avoided that route, I avoided <laughs> Good. that route. Um, shout out to my uncle, rest in peace, he was an actual pharmacist. So uh. learned a lot about pharmacy through him. Um, but yeah, so I learned a lot of my sales skills and ability and, and my ability to attract people um you know and 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 close a deal really at the end of the day on the streets of the bronx with the tarp and a tent and a, and a contract and a prayer right just going up to them and trying to win them over and uh have them trust me enough to give me their credit card a stranger that they just met for a gym that never opened up wow i was one of the top performing salespeople in that company and when the club opened up i was the top performing salesperson in that company for three months straight
0: but yeah and but you have a very warm inviting kind of feng shui around you and that's the first time i met you and you're like Thank you're you. just you're just truthful you're real and that's so important you know how do you think you developed that
1: um honestly i gotta i gotta give uh, kudos to my mom my mom showed me a lot about tlc you mm-hmm. know and uh she's a religious woman and and she's all about her faith and she doesn't she doesn't steer away from that my entire life you know um And and I respect her for that. You know, even certain beliefs that I don't agree with, I just respect her adamancy, you know, and and that's something that I truly respect because belief is a powerful thing. Belief will either will steer you up or down. Right. And uh, and and it isn't until we find out that those beliefs are actually true, because true is such a word that we can actually play with. Truth is subjective. Right. There's universal laws. There's laws of physics, things like that. But to the human psyche and, and our consciousness, we're really What's actually true is what we believe, Yep. right? And that belief will take you so far.
0: You know, and what you just said, I I talk about it, is that, you know, God, universe, your higher power. You you don't, a lot of times if you're listening to this and you're like, man, my parents and stuff, because you said something so true, is that we want to sometimes prove our parents, you know, wrong. Yeah. You know, instead of just honoring them. Yeah. Because, you know, for me, it's like, no, God wants you to honor them. Totally. Not prove them wrong, Mm -hmm. honor them and appreciate them for who they are. Yeah you know and and I I've, I've learned out of my life and my relationships has gotten better you know and it just you appreciate it so much more and you've always had I mean talk a little because we're going to go we're going to talk about what happened at 23 but then recently you told me your story of what happened so we'll talk about that in a little bit but talk about your childhood how was yeah. your childhood you know mom and dad relationship how was that
1: yeah you know it's funny because um my mom is such a gangster i mean she if you met her she's she's awesome and growing up she did her absolute best so someone who refused to get to take assistance from the government like most people do in those types of areas where they fall victim to that and that just becomes their their iv in the vein for their entirety my Mm. mom fought against that so shout out to her she that's amazing yeah she busted a to do that so um, yeah, there were times where we were hungry, right? There were times where we needed help. Um, but, you know, our family, our our family came through. Our, our My aunt and my uncle were definitely uh, there for us. And um, throughout time, I started to learn how to use that hunger to get what I wanted. So there were times where, you know, we ate maybe once or twice, you know, very small meals. But it was great. We appreciated it. You learn gratitude from that. You know, if you can bring a friend over, by the way, when there's only so much dinner left and your mom still serves them a plate, you can learn from that. Wow. And I think my mom taught me a lot about giving when you don't have. You know, in the Bible, they talk yeah. about that. Um,
0: yeah, it's biblical. In yeah, the universe. I mean, I just was talking to somebody the other day and they said the universe is a giving universe, and when you're not giving, you're in disalignment with what the universe is trying to do to you.
1: Oof, oof, it's nice. Yeah,
0: and that's why anytime I felt like I'm like, you know. I feel like what's wrong with me? I'm like, let me just go give. That happened a few months ago. I went to go do homeless relief, um, you know, bus uh, with a charity that we support with Seven Rock Life Foundation and and Project Impacts. And I was just so self consumed with my issues and stuff going on in my life. And I said, I'm being selfish right now. And I booked and I went to go do this. I prayed about it, and then I'm serving, you know, the homeless and giving hats and doing different things. And you know, and, it's, and a lot of times we do these things because we want to get like uh, likes or this and that. But no, you need to do it for you. To put yourself in perspective and then do it for others you know and be in aligned with the universe
1: yeah absolutely i mean you can't really learn about it's so funny how the universe works everything's so yin and yang but you can't learn about having unless you don't have right And, and, and vice versa so it's it's so weird but i learned a lot about that and a lot of my thinking stems from my childhood not having certain things, you know, not being able to afford certain sneakers that my friends were able to have, you know, not have uh, not do certain family vacations that friends were doing. Not being able to watch a certain TV show because I didn't have cable for an extended period of time, you know. So growing up, you know, we didn't have my dad there and uh, shout out he to uh, he, he left around when I was about uh, three or four years old. So you
0: didn't grow up with a father figure. Really? You had, not really. You had an uncle you said or no? Yeah, that's
1: my. Yeah okay absolutely so my uncle rest in peace um you know he was he was more my father figure and i thank god for him uh italian guy born and raised in astoria super intelligent super uh you know super giving yeah. um and uh gave you a lot of cannolis yeah. yeah yeah a lot of cannolis i learned about the cannolis with the secret chocolate uh, chocolate chips in them by the way i grew up by oh, little you, italy you know so about that? It, yeah i know about that i'm not Do telling the secrets though you know it's
0: what's funny in my in my book, I have a, a secret recipe, which is my grandma's cannoli uh, cream, and it's never been told anybody, and I'm broadcasting it to the world. Wow. And it's really unique because there's like orange peels and lemon peels, but you can only have it two times a year because it's not healthy, <laughs> but it's part of the fitness chapter, so, All right, you'll, so get, you'll get that. Me
1: and the listeners will have them more than twice a year. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so not having – what role did that play? Because that's going to come into effect after what happened at 23 – What role did that play with not having, you know, a father figure, and then your mom? Because your mom was such an amazing person. Yeah, told me this, you know, and hearing it.
1: So, you know what? There's two things that happened, really. So, there's there's two main variables that made me evolve into the person I am today. Two big variables was I was a middle child, right? So I I was kind of, hey, mom, look at me. I'm doing really good in school. I'm doing chess. Doing really good with this skateboarding. I have friends. I mean, notice me, right? Because I had a little brother and an older brother who my older brother who was old enough to understand that my dad left the picture was hurt by that, you know, Mm. to this day. And my little brother just didn't know. So he didn't know what he was missing, kind of. Um, And, you know, he was kind of the one that that went without being hurt by that too much. And uh, my my family came in to protect and make sure that he had everything he needed. And um, they were kind of just like, you know what? Kenny's good. So, uh, you know, we'll just let him be. So... Even with that, you know, I had to grow up kind of trying to prove myself. So every time I came home with the trophy from a, you know, a chess tournament every Saturday, hey, mom, look at me, look at me, came back with good grades. Hey, mom, look at me, look at me. Um, And She definitely appreciated it. But as a single mother, you can only really give so much attention to someone. So, you know, now that I'm older, I understand that. And uh, you know to your point we want to honor our parents and and not trying to fault them for their mistakes so because
0: they have their own story
1: Yeah, they have their own story and their own trials and tribulations you think you know she liked raising three kids by herself no it could have been easier
0: yeah and you know I heard this um, you know just earlier today's a lot of times you know you don't realize like with your family or your, your parents is that they have feelings too yeah and they're not perfect and sometimes we think that like they're like they're Batman or Superman, but, like, they have their doubts. They have their, you know, my mom broke down the other day. You're just telling me your story, and I'm just like, I'm there for you, mom. Sometimes, like, your parents, they're there for you, but you're not there for them.
1: Mm. You yeah, know? and it's interesting because as you get older, um, you get... Some people earn the privilege of being friends with their parents, um, which I can say that I'm, I'm friends with my mom and I have the ability to communicate certain things. And, cool. and she'll she'll look at it objectively.
0: Yep.
1: You know, she has her still her, her religion lens on, which, you know, that's not going to change. Right. So, you know, certain things need to be presented a certain way. Mm-hmm. But uh, with with, you know, going back to growing up, you know, when I growing up, I didn't have my dad. So my main thing was try to impress and look for people who know what I want to know. So that was a big thing for me. So when I when I started playing chess, my chess teacher was obviously that person, right? When I started skateboarding, I started to network with professional skateboarders. Me and my friend Lewis, shout out to him. I don't know where he is these days, um, but shout out to him because he was a great influence on me growing up. Uh, he's an amazing skateboarder and very artistic person. But uh, we would go, we would hop the four train almost every day. And go all the way down to Tompkins Square Park in the village. So all of my homies that still skate, they know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And they called it the TF, the training facility. But it was just a flat park. And there was this skate shop across the street, Autumn Skate Shop, which is closed down now, um, who would bring out their fun box and rail. And people would just go there and skate. Our goal was to go there and impress. So we would try to find pro skateboarders that we recognize from skate videos or if someone would have made a comment like, oh man, that's this person, we'd have been like, All right, turn it on, Lewis. We gotta turn we gotta get sponsored so we could leave the hood and we could get skateboards. was the we, way out. That was the way out. It's like DR
0: right? or like, you know, <laughs> South America, their baseball, right. you know, right. is their way out. Now you said something modeling and, and finding people. And yeah. you were like, why do you think modeling or finding people that you can model in life, not be, because they're unique. You have your own God given talents and gifts, but Modeling because sometimes our fa- or family or pa- parents or people around are not good models, right? right. Um, so what is what is a model explain a little bit more finding those models in life?
1: Yeah, absolutely I think a, a model in life is someone who one knows what you Want to know is doing something similar to what you want to do Yep and believes in something similar to what you want to believe in and or believe in so you know, growing up without a dad, you kind of find you kind of fill those gaps, right? Because typically a parent would do that for you. They'd be like, hey, son, do this, do that. This is why this is why. And you kind of save time too. by the way, people don't think about this. There's a trial and error period to learning how to fly that even with the parent takes some time. But without a parent it kind of takes longer. So you kind of need to have more experiences to continue this trial and error. So You know, because you want to net a positive result, right? So you need more experiences. Um, So, yeah, so growing up, I was looking for that model. So, you know, I I had the privilege of finding that in the skateboarding world. I had homies who, you know, were way older than me, friends that were professional skateboarders, like uh, at the time, Todd Jordan. Shout out to him. He introduced me to the owner of Shut Skateboards. I was about 11 years old at this office in the middle of Union Square in front of this guy named Rodney. Um, who was the owner and founder of this company for years? You know, successful skateboarding company. And Todd put me in front of this guy at like 11 or 12. Like, hey man, uh, this kid can shred. Just, just trust me. All right, here's a couple of skateboards. Rep my brand. Go film me something. Bring it back. And that's how it worked. It was, it was literally like that. So if any of you guys ever played Tony Hawk Underground, that's Ooh. literally, that's literally oh the storyline of the video game. Was what we were doing at the time. So we learned a lot about networking. I love playing that game. (laughs) That game is so good. Yeah. I remember that
0: Contra and Siphon Filter. That was like the only games I played. You know, and then also like the driving game uh, Need for Speed.
1: Oh, that was good. Yeah. I
0: loved the tune your cars. That's about it. Yeah. And then I was like, I was done with video games. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, but it's funny. But it's planting yourself Mm -hmm. in environments with the right people that they can see and showcase talent. Yeah. You know, now we always talk about that is that sometimes we we're all seeds. We just plant ourselves in the wrong areas. Yeah, we're 500 horsepower cars. You know, not utilizing all of our horsepower. Yeah, you know, a lot of the times. So, so now after that, you know, with with because that growing up was that kind of your way to like kind of get away from things at home or just the environment at home, not your home, but maybe just the area.
1: Yeah, well, th- yeah, you either do that or you're just on your block like everyone else and deteriorating and falling victim to gang violence, which at the time was was pretty prominent in that general area. Still is um yeah there's 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 gang and there's drugs and there's drug usage and there's all of those things so you know getting to chill with people in manhattan versus the bronx again i was exposed to a different type of environment so i just became a different person still the same person but coming home with new knowledge you know things that i would have never experienced on the block quote unquote yeah Um, and these
0: were all preparing you for now so now fast forwarding, 23 years old, what happens?
1: Yeah, so 23 years old, still in the fitness industry, um, with a great company, um, which I'm with now still, and had the opportunity to become, you know, the head of sales of a certain site. Um, was able to, you know, change the culture of a building, and you know, we talked about influence and we talked about uh, community actually earlier, and uh, actually spoke about that with your brother upstairs too. It's funny because um, I was
0: talking about it to somebody else I was doing a coaching call and I was telling the people I'm mentoring that culture and community is huge huge yeah and we'll go we'll go through that with so if you're listening to this and you're developing an organization or team or working for a company you know or developing an entrepreneur group you know uh, that's there's a couple elements to this, So this will go through it yeah because your industry and what you guys do is phenomenal
1: thank you thank you so yeah so I went to a club that was pretty much losing as far as you know hitting their numbers Um, you know, the team prior to me getting there was, you know, out of the year, they went one and 11, you know, I got there my first year, I went 11 and one. And, you know, I was able to learn a lot in that experience. But what I was able to also learn was that I'm responsible for people's lives. So I don't have the time to decide who I want to be right now. I don't have the ability to Decide that I want to change up because I'm in my 20s and I have the ability to, you know, go out and party and have fun. The same survival mode that I had when I was skateboarding with my friend Lewis downtown trying to get to a certain goal is the same mindset that I have now. The same mindset that I had. Set you up. Yeah, the same mindset that I had when I was playing chess and our chess teacher would say, Nationals is in March. You're going to Tennessee. This is who you're playing. Study up. Study your games. Find your flaws the same mentality. So jumping into the business world, I was able to really dissect business from what I'm used to, the chessboard, the skateboard, both boards, it's funny. But yeah, so I was able to do that and uh, it was pivotal for me and my family. And obviously with a good job, you could do a lot more good.
0: Yeah, and with going with that, your childhood experiences teach you so much. So sometimes we're not aware of what our childhood really taught us. Yeah. Even what family taught us or parents said to us, and then it, you never think about it because you're like, because that created who you are. Yeah. The skateboarding, the, the 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 struggle, you know, and you mm-hmm. you're utilizing it, right? So at 23 years old, you know, you you get you know the the main position for sales of a multi-million dollar fitness company, and you're able to do all that. What have you learned, you know, talking about leadership mm-hmm. culture, and how do you lead at 23 years old?
1: You got to decide who you want to be. You got to decide what you believe in, like we talked about earlier, and find like-minded individuals who are mission-oriented just like you. If you have the same mission, you have the same vision, it's easy to build that community. So anything that enters that community, that's anything other than that will expose itself.
0: And so, how do you develop a culture? So if like yeah. people listen to this, right? Developing a culture for your family Mm-hmm. Developing culture for your relationship, for your your business, your team, uh, your organization. What what is developing culture? What have you've learned in your two years now, three years being there? How many years has it been? Uh,
1: well, with that company, about ooh, going on five years. Sometime this year. Oh yeah, because yeah,
0: but two years, three years in that one in year. That, yeah, yeah, in that role. So, what have you learned about culture, leadership? You know, community. Uh, the the good things, the bad things, and gaps that maybe you sometimes see.
1: Yeah. You know, community is so important. Um, Like I said before, it's that it's that belief and then taking that belief and actually driving people and motivating people to make positive changes on a daily basis. If you don't have that rock, you don't have you don't have that thrust force. Right. A lot of leaders talk about thrust. Can they go somewhere and make change, positive change? Right. That's what we all hope for. But can you make thrust by motivating people with love, care, you know, um, empathy. And at the end of the day, right. If you are that type of person, it's not something you need to try to do. You just need to find people that are just like that and are driven by positive things. And the business will always take care of itself.
0: Yeah. You know, and you know, I I think what you were kind of saying is, is the identity and knowing who you are, right. And not letting an age be the determining factor. Um, because it's all about, you know, always leading with your feet. You know, not just what you say.
1: Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. You got to make moves, right?
0: Yeah. And how do you lead properly? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of different types of leadership. John Maxwell, I got to meet him actually a couple uh, weeks ago. You know, great guy and, you know, just number one leadership guy in the world. Uh, has written like 30 million books. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, uh, but what have you learned about leadership? You know, because you think about the word leadership, it's the leader of your ship. Yeah. Right. I love that. And you can't lead somebody else's ship when you're not leading your own ship. Yeah. Right. And it's ship, you know, if you're listening to this. I <laughs> um, but what is what does it mean to you?
1: For me, I think leadership means walking it like you talk it and being able to motivate people and being able to stick to the plan and have integrity and do it on a daily basis and understand that sometimes you're going to lose. But then in that integrity gets tested when you lose. Right. And that's where the adversity Builds change and that evolution that we talked on earlier, that's where your leadership skills actually start to grow and you got to recognize the small losses and you got to recognize the big ones and see them as opportunities and then make sure that your team understands that, you know, they're if they're behind you and, and, and they're actually supporting you, whether you lose or win. You're gonna you're gonna take care of them, and like I said earlier, you you're responsible for people's lives when you're leading. You have to understand that this is not just a position that you know someone gets paid to listen to you, and and then that's just an opportunity for for you to boss someone around. That's actually earned. You know the difference between leadership and management yep. is that a leader actually earns respect. Yep. Management is handed that right with yep. the title, and that's not something that I like to lead with.
0: Yeah, and I think you're experiences are your best tutor yeah you know and the the, the ups and downs and we're working together mm-hmm. if we're failing it's because we're failing together mm-hmm. right you know we had a uh, you know dana cavalier here he was uh, with the former new york Yankees, 2009 championship this was a couple podcasts ago and boogie uh, down bronx yeah yeah <laughs> go yanks and uh but he you know it's it's being able to look at each other and and, and be accountable to each other right because i think that's a big thing is that how do you develop accountability in an organization? Oh, you know, and uh, and all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think this is something I actually learned in the last year or so because a big thing with accountability is the follow up. People don't realize, you know, when you're given a directive, right? There's the trust factor there that you know, hey Steve, you're you're my employee, right? Do this, that, and the third, and then I'm just gonna trust that you do it. Now, let's say you don't do it, right? shame shame on you for not doing it but shame on me for not actually following up because then things get lost in the cracks there right and i think follow-up is crucial when it comes to that and um that's something i actually learned quite recently and follow up uh follow up with your friends follow up with your with your relationship if you talk about something with your partner right and and it's something that's uh, like my chess teacher would say a bones in the throat if it's a bone in the throat and it's bothering you and you address it and you wow. don't follow up on that, then you can't really hold them. Accountable. It's choking you. Yeah, it's choking you, right? Yeah. Slowly but surely. It's, it's, it's yep. a bone in the throat. It bothers you. Um, and then that's something I learned with you know, even my partner, you know my, my girlfriend, Amanda. She's awesome. Um, something that I learned in, in the, the love and the romantic love is that you, know, you got to love everything about them. Everything that bothers you, you gotta love that because you that's slowly but surely gonna evolve, and you guys are gonna change together, right? And that accountability is crucial in a relationship as well because biggest part of communication, right, is is knowing that you're being heard. And if someone doesn't do something and you follow up on it, then it seems like you weren't being heard, and that's where that's where it hurts.
0: Couple of things because this is good stuff. Yeah. I, I'm loving this, and we're just gonna get into this because mm-hmm. this is gonna be awesome um, with where we're gonna go going forward is you talked about like loving the good and imperfections, right? Yeah. And I I wrote this today, just right here in my notes is, you know, your family's perfect the way they are. Mm -hmm. You need to love the nutty, nuttiness in them sometimes. (laughs) Right. Because you grew up with friends that were like crazy and you're like, I love them. Right. And sometimes we try to change people, but it's like, love the nuttiness. Like, you know, who cares? Why are you like, well, he did this and he did that. (laughs) It's like, stop being such a cavity, you know, so sensitive. Right. And then, you know, choking you right there's things in life that are choking you and um, forgiveness is such a huge thing and we've yeah. talked about this right? yeah we and have, I yeah. know this is this is deep and we were grabbing tacos you know a few uh over the summer yeah. right? and you it just happened recently right yeah could you walk us through so because this goes back now to your childhood yeah and your dad right and, and things that maybe choke you in life and this was choking you at twenty four, twenty five, and you don't even realize it yeah so walk us through your relationship of what you did with your dad mm-hmm. this was just this past summer
1: yeah it was uh it was the fall before that summer yeah
0: the fall before that summer mm-hmm. right so walk us through a little bit
1: yeah absolutely so slowly but surely as i evolved into a, an, an older male <laughs> i wanted to make sure that i still had somewhat of an influence from my dad at some capacity so throughout life I still welcomed that communication, you know, whether he called the house to, to check up on all of us. I, I wanted to genuinely make sure he was alive and okay. Although I didn't have the experience of having him home, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want that feeling to linger that we just never spoke, you know? And, uh, and so as I grew up, I maintained that relationship and, you know, Facebook was one of the, the best ways to do so. So he added me on Facebook years ago and I had him on there and from time to time, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Cool. You're alive. Great. Where are you? I'm here. I'm here. Cool. Awesome. So one day he calls me and I think this was in like October of 2017. So I'm walking with Amanda on my block and uh, he calls me and he's like, hey man, Um, I just want to tell you that, you know, I'm really sorry for what I did to you. I'm really sorry that I was a terrible father. I'm really sorry that I was a terrible person. I was actually in the hospital yesterday and in the in the hospital bed. I thought, wow, if I died right now, no one would know and and no one would care. And, you know, that's that's the moment. And I said, wow, I was like, dude, stop talking right now. Where are you? And he just so happened to be in Brooklyn. I live in Astoria. And I went to go pick him up in 25 minutes. Told my girlfriend, hey, look, I'm going to have my dad over. This is going to be the first time I'm meeting him. So this is and, – and I mean that because I've actually met him twice after that when I was like 12 and then 14. But I didn't really meet him. I wasn't a solidified person yet, right? So – you know i told her i was like hey so i'm going through this with you and i and i thank god that she was there in that room too because mm-hmm. she really helped out with that but went to go pick him up in my car alone and uh he got in the car and he's like wow i'm really happy you did this i didn't think that you were gonna do this and i said that's because you don't know me so he started to apologize and i said i don't know why you're apologizing for things that already occurred as you can see I'm in a position to pick you up in my car from my home, mm. 20 minutes away from you. I'm pretty established as a person. At this point, you don't need to apologize. Everything happened the way that it needed to. So I said, here's the ground, here's here's the rules for our relationship at this point. I said, one, I don't need a dad. You know, I had I had my, my uncle who was my father figure growing up. I had that, and I thank God that I did. Um, because who knows where I would have been if you were my influence. No disrespect. It's just a different outcome, right? So number two, don't ask me for anything. And what I mean by that is don't ask me for favors, monetary favors that aren't really attached with a good, um, a good intention. Because I grew up in the Bronx with friends um, who I just so happen to be friends with still who understand that I'm in a better position and will ask for those type of favors, right? So I said, just stay away from those because I'm uncomfortable with that. I kind of have bad experiences with that and other family members so i said that's that's just a rule uh number three was be my friend like i said i don't need you to be my dad so i just need a friend mm. so if we can talk and get to know each other on that level that'd no. be great tell me what your favorite food is i'll take you to get that favorite food i'll <laughs> tell you mine you take me to get mine that's it this could be very easy bro and he's like he's like he goes dude you are another level of person, you know, he goes, wow. and he, take, he took a dig at my mom. He's like, knowing your mom, I didn't think you would come out like that. But it was wow. funny, yeah.
0: But, you know, what's interesting is some people, perspective of somebody is somebody else's and not their own. Mm. And they don't discover who that person really is. That's right. Because he said this about that.
1: You borrow the lens, right? You
0: borrow the lens, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you go see that person, you're like, I didn't think you would be this way because he said that. It's such a dangerous spot because you, you limit the people that you meet in your life you know, because of somebody else's lens. That's that, right. That's powerful. And you
1: can avoid people too, right? That you could have met.
0: You know, I, I always look at, like, life is so precious. You know, mm-hmm. in the end of my book, I, I write about time. And it's a thing that, you know, and I think I oh, you sent it to me uh, with your friend about being in a hospital. Yeah. you know. And um, I know we're going to have him one day on, on the podcast as well. Shout you out know, to Anthony. I love his, uh, yeah, and so you've listened to this, buddy. You're, you're coming on this, all right? So, um, but... Life is so precious, you know, and it could be gone in a blink of an eye. Yeah. You know, have you always had gratitude, you know, in your life and just appreciation, you know, with where you're at, what you have, you know, and I mean, even what your dad said, you know, you need those moments. I know when my dad had a heart attack six years ago, he was speaking last night to a group of people and I'm like, I looked at it and I was tearing up because I was like six years ago, he died two times at the hospital with a heart attack. Wow, and he's speaking there, and I'm like, wow, you know, and it was so sad. He left, and then he comes back. It's like twelve o'clock at midnight, and we're we're hanging out. It happened uh, last night, and uh, he's he's like so sad. i like, and he just did a great job. I'm like, he's like, they took my car, and we all were like, you know, what you just get mad, you like. Who took his car you know he's like I think I parked in the wrong spot they took my car like really sad (laughs) because it's midnight we were ready just to go kick butt (laughs) lo and behold he parked in another area you know they did take his car you know so you're like ah but like life is so precious right have you always had because some people listening you get so mad about things yeah you don't forgive and we're going to go through that a little bit forgiveness and different stuff but has gratitude always been
1: in your life you know what we're not perfect. And I got to say that I started to practice a lot more mindfulness and gratitude around the time that I got the position as a sales manager. When I was around 23 years old, Hmm. I started to, I started to get immense success. And then, you know, I had just come off of a very, you know, tragic relationship really with someone. It was was very toxic. And um, after experiencing that, I was like, I thought my life was over during that. Mm. So when I survived that.
0: Made you stronger.
1: Dude, I was like, there's no way in hell that I'm going to live life the same way I did before. There's a reason. I'm extremely pragmatic. There's a reason why I fell into the situation that I was in before. So when I had that paradigm shift, I said, no more practice more gratitude, you know, reconnected with, you know, my love now. Um, And it it was a beautiful moment. So I I can't say I always had that gratitude because growing up in the BX is eat or be eaten. So I was just kind of going.
0: Yeah. Do you think that father forgiveness and because there's some people listening to this that maybe didn't talk to their parents for a while, they're just things that family did, you know, was that a big kind of declutter in your life and kind of not that it was choking you, but it it felt good after it was done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a. I think declutter is a great word to use for that. Um, because you know you kind of have that. You kind of have that baggage, and you know the story, the narrative is only what you've been given. Yep. Because you didn't get to meet him, you don't know him as a person. So when I got to meet him, and we sat down for coffee in my house, he told us stories about how he traveled the entire world by the time he was thirty years old. The guy can speak four languages. Um, wow really yeah he's extremely i have
0: trouble speaking one yeah
1: same here actually so that's why yeah (laughs) Uh, but anyway so he so he we had a lot in common he likes to travel he believes that god is in everything which is something that Mm. i believe in. i respect everyone and everything and this is something that i've i've learned throughout time the last three years um but yeah when he said that i looked at i looked at my girlfriend amanda and i said whoa he, he literally said, he said, take care of your things. You know, God is in everything. Yep. And you have to appreciate those things because sometimes you don't have them. Yep. And, you know, he said, this is made from God. So, you know, no matter what you're looking at now, it comes from the earth, right? We didn't get it from an asteroid. So, you know, he's he's it's literally from God. yeah so And there's
0: things that are not invented on this earth right now that are not here, but they're on earth that with the minerals we have, we can create.
1: That's right. With the matter, and it's funny because we, we might go off topic right now, but I told you about the double slit experiment, um, that yeah, quantum physics. That. So it's really cool. So, um, in the double slit experiment, um, you know, physicists realized that you know they started to throw, I believe, uh, electrons through these two slits, right, and they would they would actually show up in in what you would call the interference pattern, as if something was disturbing the actual you know um trip from point a to point b right so then he started to realize that um this is moving matter actually moves in waves right and then they they added an observer so something to record that so when they recorded it then it stopped having the interference pattern so they were like whoa this is really freaky so then they started to realize you know and this may be a a super you know kind of woo woo explanation of it but Matter doesn't exist until it's experienced by consciousness. Mm. So you, you could take that however you want. For me, I yeah. take that from it's anything powerful. you believe in can be created, yep. can be real. So when you talk about, you know, there's things that exist on earth right now that don't exist yet. Yeah, because we're not conscious of it yet. We haven't thought of it because the thought is the consciousness of the concept.
0: And sometimes we have things thinking for us instead of us thinking for it. Mm. And that's why I talk about fillers all the time is as soon as it started decluttering, because sometimes you ha- I think we need to, um, what was the the, um, the exact language I used? Uh, we need to learn to put things in a, in the recycle bin. Mm, I like just that. like, like you declutter your, um, your computer. And when you declutter your life, you declutter your mind, you know, the things around you, you know, I talk about that in my book in the organization chapter, you think so much more clearly yeah and you need to throw the things in recycle bins and that could be your figuring with your dad yeah could be you know uh stuff in your car yeah. you know and when you do this you start to actually use this amazing gift that god gave us this mind that literally created everything that's around us right now you know
1: yeah absolutely once you have that clarity you start to realize that we're actually energy hoarders so we hoard negative energy from the past right that resentment yep. we even we even hoard positive energy almost right sometimes we kind of get too excited about things and then that just becomes our like bar for life and then anything below that is depressing you know that's the cause for depression and that's why people have that kind of like that feedback loop in social media these days is like everyone's living this great life you know or i went on vacation and then they come back from vacation and they're like oh my life sucks because i'm not in miami beach right now and you if, know?
0: if you need your life to be good by going away then that's a dangerous spot to You're be. not living the life you need to. Yeah. You know, like your life should, should be so good that that your home life and away life is a vacation. Yeah, man. That you're happy because I call it an emotional bank account. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times our emotional bank account is all up and down. And you showed me a, a video recently um, in our podcast that we do privately. In yeah. Your, you know, <laughs> in, in your office. Um, Jason Silver, you know. Yeah, Silva. Silva. Uh, talk about that you know, the, you me do you remember what he says? In yeah. That?
1: So there's, so there's this concept of the, the, the looking glass, right? Looking we glass. are, so we are who we think people think we are. So it's kind of like we're putting on this show for their consciousness, right? Versus us just being someone and them perceiving that person, we're actually living in their head. So they're so it's kind of like you're, you're kind of like uh living out this narrative that you believe that they believe yep so it's really weird um i suggest everyone listens to that video jason silva uh i think it's called the looking glass Glass. um but he's incredibly talented with the way he speaks and
0: and it's true because we we have the identity we have is put upon sometimes what culture or family puts upon what we are yeah and then we operate in this governor we operate in a false avatar of who we are, mm-hmm. and we don't really become the avatar that we wanted to be. Yeah. But then when you actually like break through, because it took me thirty-one years to figure this out. And when you break through and become the avatar that you were meant to be, or whatever you want to be, you know, you feel so liberated yeah. and so free, and it's it's hard to describe.
1: Yeah. You know, I actually uh, – the day that I showed you that, I was telling you about this example. Um, I, I was watching this show with my girlfriend the night before and, you know, we just get stuck in these social narratives that we have to feel like we have to play out, right? Yes. Um. So, you know, quick example is, you know, in this show – There's a husband and a wife and they have two kids and the husband decides that he wants to leave home and they start arguing and he's like, I'm leaving. I'm not happy. I have a dead end job. I want to do, you know, I want to do comedy for a living and now I suck and I just need to change my life and this sucks. Um, And by the way, I'm cheating on you with my assistant. And then the woman's response was, wait, but tomorrow's Yom Kippur. We have to break fast with the rabbi at the house tomorrow. I, we can't do that. And then I, it just like m- light bulbs went off in my head. Like, wow, she cannot see past her social narrative that she feels like she has to play out. She can't even slow down and feel the emotion of being heartbroken and, mm. and, and being left for an assistant yes. because that guy's not happy, you know?
0: And I think we chase this called I call it phantom success. Ooh. And it's this phantom success that we, um, we chase through social media, through things that, you know, I always say some people are so broke, all they have is money, you know, and I've done well and, you know, but money doesn't make me happy. It really doesn't. I mean, I like nice things, but I've learned that the word lifestyle and I've talked about this on the podcast and the book is it's, it's, you can have style, but no life and you can have life, no style. Right. And I was talking to my counselor, spiritual counselor, leadership counselor months ago in California. And it just, I hit rock bottom at that time of life. And, I just said, man, I got style, but man, I don't got life. I'm broken in certain areas, you know? And I think, you know, that phantom success, that phantom Instagram, that phantom life, you know, it's like I'm perfect. And people don't like perfect people. No. You know, like the Beatles were so popular for, for two or three reasons. And I, my dad actually told me this, and it, ma- it made sense. Is that they always talked about you in their songs, not about them, about you. Mm. So if you listen to music, it's about the audience. It's about you. They were very simple with who they were. They weren't like so perfect. They were imperfect, and 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 that's such an important thing. And that's what why people loved them. Those two two reasons. There's a third reason I can't remember, but it makes sense,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think you know, with kind of with that going into like self love, like I think love cannot be um, what is called Uh, love cannot be imported. It can only be um, exported we think that we need love from everything and everyone, but our love comes from us first. Yeah. And then it's exported out. Absolutely. So have you always loved yourself, you think? Not where it's a conceding way, but like loved who you are, loved who Kenny is, identity-wise, and has there been any times in your life maybe that you questioned that self-love?
1: Yeah, you know what's interesting is that I feel like, I, I feel like, you know, at 25 I'm still growing and learning, but I feel like every time I hit a new level or a new layer, I have to recognize and love that new layer right I gotta appreciate first of all you can't the universe won't give you more opportunity more love until you respect and feel grateful for the love you have now Um, so that's you know people people confuse complacency and gratitude a lot right people confuse those two words like all right well I'm grateful but I'm not, you know, I don't want to get complacent, so I'm not going to be too grateful for this because it's not where I want to be all the time, um, which is completely wrong, actually. You know, you, you want to appreciate everything till its utmost possible gratitude. And then from that point on, then you will be able to learn and receive more. So as I started to learn self-love as I got older, um, and you know what? I, I went through my trials and errors with women. You know, I, I, I like the 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 superficial chick that was hot, blonde, that was my MO. You know, I just thought that that built value in who I was as a person. And then yeah. I started to realize, you know what? I keep making these mistakes. It's affecting me directly in my family life. It's directing it's directly affecting my growth as a person. So, hey, Kenny, how about you change that? And then I started to learn self-love and that's something that you know everyone should be able to learn. Everyone should be able to receive because then you don't create that dependency for someone else to love you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of times um, that's, that's this is good stuff. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times we try to chase that awards or those levels in life, and what I've realized, and I'm sure you, creative and accomplishing, is what makes you grow, makes you happy. Yeah, you know and that's why it's not about just chasing levels it's about chasing growth mm-hmm. and I, I look at kind of life um you know as solving problems and i think when you look at life as like all right what's the problem here how do i fix it where people look at life right check this out people look at life as why are these problems happening to me instead of saying how do i solve these problems let me make it a game yeah you know and life becomes more fun yeah I'm like all right how do i solve this how do i get around this you mm-hmm. know and you know maybe have you had some problems or things in your life that you've learned? You're like, right. How to go around. It's like management or leadership, right? Oh, Totally. You have the other day. It's like, I got problems and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. You know? And they were figured out, right? You yeah, were yeah, in yeah. my office. For know, that. <laughs> you give it to figure out. Yeah. Like, like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go work out. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, uh, I, like I said in the beginning was, you know, life is about how you react and act and that's it. If, if we can make it, we can make it super simple, right? Life is pretty much binary coding. It's ones and zeros, yeses and nos, action-reactions, right? And that's going to lead you to another lane, right? You're going to go down another route depending on what you say or do, whichever yes or no you decide to go with. It's going to lead you into a whole nother dimension of possibilities. So... You know, in, in life and, and playing chess actually has taught me a lot about analyzing things and sitting back and not looking at it for the next step or the next outcome, actually understanding the process of how things work and understanding the patterns in my behavior. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of people look at so things true. so isolated. If something happens to me, right, they think something happened to me. But do we really think something happened because of me? Of course, there are things that happen to us. You know, I don't want to be too positive out here. Yeah. But you know, when things happen to you on a consistent basis, you have to be pragmatic and go, okay, things are happening because of me. So let me analyze the board real quick. Let me look at the chess pieces further than a move or two moves. Let me look yep. at it three or four moves ahead. You're very good at that. And, thank you. <laughs> and understand how it could get out of this negative feedback loop. So as I started to, you know, make decisions in life and you know, I've made mistakes, man. I've I've walked into the wrong neighborhood. You? Nah. I've 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 dude, I've been robbed at gunpoint. Mm. I've I've made dude, it, I've made mistakes, but what I will tell you is that you got to learn from the mistakes because the universe is only going to give you so many chances to recognize that sign, right? Sometimes people say death happens in threes, right? Or all of these other, you know, superstitions. It's not that, it's the universe trying to give you a sign that you need to realize something. You need to slow down and read in between the lines and recognize, because you gotta you got to recognize it and you gotta appreciate it once you do.
0: That's so funny you say that. I just heard this the other day, I forgot where, but you know when you go into a supermarket and you have like the, the cart but oh, the, the, in the front, there's like a little one for the kid to drive? Yeah. And he thinks he's driving, but, but really the, the, the mom's pushing it behind. And I think life sometimes that way is that we think we're driving, but, but God, your higher power is driving you. And you, you think you're going, but you're not. And you have to accept whatever comes towards you.
1: Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I and mean, animals don't have the, the, the choices, right? The, you think about animals. And uh, I'm, I'm, you, know, you know I'm a vegetarian now. I was a vegan for three years. I respect animals. I respect their lives. So animals that don't have the ability to leave their environment because they're upset, sad, or stressed. No, they must adapt, right? So animals adapt on a daily basis they're always in danger and they're always going to starve that's their situation they don't have the consciousness to 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 be sad about it you know and and that's something that gives me perspective because then i go wow i'm i'm one of seven billion human beings on earth and one of however many living things on earth and i had the opportunity to be one of these very privileged beings yeah i mean for me that's like lottery
0: yep and we need to surrender to the water slides of life, you know, and we need to sometimes just, you know, say, hey, we're going down this, man, because I can't can't go back down. It's a long walk. Yeah. And we need to, you know, just deal with it and go down it and trust and have faith Yeah. Um, and know what you are in control. Because I know that was a big thing with me mm-hmm. is that we, we try to be in control of everything and everyone, but you just need to be in control of that. And, you know, I mean, this is good stuff. And, and one more thing then I want to talk about two more things and you know, we'll be wrapping up. Um, hope you guys are enjoying this. This is fire, you know. I mean, I've always respected Kenny, and he's just—he's so far ahead of his his mentality as age, and just such a you, heartfelt too. guy, and just so genuine. Um, you know, I heard—I don't know where I've learned this, but the algorithm of life, mm-hmm. right? You know, we have algorithms for social media. Um, you know, kind of talk about that—figuring out your algorithm, maybe what how you operate, maybe what makes you go. You know, what what areas of rocks of life you have to change, like. You know how do people figure out their algorithm in life? Their identity, their algorithm of who they are and how they operate.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to recognizing the patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Who were you the last couple of years or even growing up? You know, in psychology, they talk about those crucial years which decide how how you're going to be in the future, who you're going to be in the future and, you know, at a certain point in life, people have that paradigm shift where they start to reflect backwards, but in almost like a A self-auditing in your words and in a self-auditing way where they kind of go, you know what, I, I need to go back and find out where these emotions and this mindset is lingering from. I need to recognize that and I need to overcome that. So, you know, that's something that I had the privilege of doing, like I said, when I was 23 years old a couple of years ago. Um, and I had the ability to recognize, you know, what these patterns were and what really drives me. So I'm still that middle child going, mom, look at me, which is why I chase that success. And, and you know, what that really boils down to is my love for my mother and, you know, really trying to do the right thing by her. And, you know, I'm actually, you know, it, it's so funny how psychology works is my mom was a single mom. My girlfriend is, a, you know, was a single mom. And, you know, we're together and she has a child, you know, and, and those are things that I – would never consider to knock on someone as far as on a you know in a romantic relationship because how can you how can you go no i don't want to be with someone with the kid if your mom was someone with the kid she was going through that hurt she was going through that pain of not being loved how can i judge right who am i so you know and she's the best thing that ever happened so
0: and i think we have like an illusion of control you know and and um you know we we have the desire you know, to control, but sometimes there's uncontrollable things mm-hmm. and you have to accept those things you mm-hmm. know, and appreciate those things. Yeah. And look at the blessings that come from it. Totally. Because you know? uh, sometimes you don't understand how God, your higher power, universe, you start to like, I sat in my car the other day, you know, being vulnerable. I was going to the gym actually before I saw you and I really just started crying for like 20 minutes. So I was mm-hmm. like, because you start connecting all the pieces of life. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's it. But it's like a happy cry. You're like, oh, that's why I met that person. That's why that happened. That's why that door opened, you know, and you start connecting. But when you're in the trial, when you're in that wet, bad weather, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, that there's going to be a good season, you know. I love what Dana Cavalier, his mom said. So you're having a bad day, just go to sleep, and tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. Right. You know, and um, so, but it's that algorithm of how you operate. And it takes sometimes years, but discovering it, right?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, we, we sometimes try to get the algorithm of social media, but then we forget the algorithm of us.
1: Oh, yeah. And they're trying to figure us out right Mm -hmm. those those code creators are trying to figure out what our algorithm is what our interests are what we find important and that's how they build their marketing systems i mean oh yeah it's it's clear as day
0: yeah you're either gonna be on the network or or build a network so
1: it's so funny because my friend and i talk about singularity and like how you know humans and and and, uh technology are gonna merge and it's so funny because after saying that out loud I, i actually just thought about how the algorithm is trying to figure us out and you know we are the algorithm that it's trying to become. So it's kind of like wow. you're looking at a mirror. Trippy idea, but yeah, you know it's 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 crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, you know one more thing I want to cover. I mean, um, is mindfulness and meditation, mm-hmm. right? Um, I never asked you this. I don't know if you meditate. I I started recently doing that and like clearing the clutter and meditating. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you like when you are you know like kind of step. Away from the reality of life and, and just step into just your surroundings, like being present in the moment. Um, you know, we, we always intake, you know, that uh, ins- instead of outtake from our body, yeah. right? And I heard this is that, you know, we're, we're intaking things, but we're never outtaking, we're never giving out to the universe. I know this is yeah. really deep, but it's helped me tremendously, right? Do you meditate at all or do you do so anything?
1: I meditate from time to time with the, the typical meditation, um, but my meditation is making music
0: yeah so yeah and and you're i am excited for you and everything you're doing with that thank you, but, um, you know, maybe talk about being present in a moment, yeah, what does that mean to you you know and 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 being in there and 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 present because some people in today's world were not present,
1: yeah absolutely i mean I mean the best way for me to to you know make that a real thing is slow down, right? you want to slow down and realize that everything is influencing your perception of your life yeah whether it's this microphone whether it's this water bottle on the table don't underestimate how things influence your life and when you start to respect the minor things that are influencing your perception of your world you start to realize that there's a lot more bigger things trying to influence your world talking about those algorithms right i mean it's so crazy how if a commercial plays a certain amount of times it influences you to buy that product a certain amount mm-hmm. you know a certain amount more I find that to be, you know, incredibly useful, um, in, in the, in the counter, right? Like if you're trying to avoid being influenced by negative people, if you're trying to avoid being influenced by, you know, people who don't believe in you, if you're trying to avoid bad things to happen to you, then all you need to do is slow down, be here now. Don't analyze everything that's happening. Literally listen to your breath. I actually just got this, uh, iPhone watch was just incredible because it reminds me to take a breather for a minute a day. So I actually stop what I'm doing and I actually take my breaths and I slow down my, you know, my BPM lowers, I chill out and I'm analyzing a lot differently. I'm thinking differently and I can feel that. And I think if we can all do that, whether however you do that, if you pray at night, that's mm. meditation. If you make music and you leave this world that we're so used to and jump into the, in the music world, that's awesome. If you play a sport and that's your meditation, do it. You know, But if you can really leave this super stimulating world that we live in right now for just a moment and then come back with gratitude and a different pace – then the world's gonna look exactly like you need it to.
0: Mm, that's so good. It's that art of bringing your surroundings uh, into your present moment, you know. And uh, this is good stuff, man. You know, Kenny, thank you so much for coming, man. Thank you, Steve. Um, you know, and uh, where you know, where can people find you?
1: I'm actually just on Instagram. Yeah. What's uh, your Instagram I, name? I am Shuffle. So look out for some music so that I-A-M I'm going to be
0: working A-M on. Yep. And then Shuffle S H U F
1: F L E. Cool,
0: awesome. So. And I'm going to ask you the last question. All right? right. So the question that we ask everybody before we wrap up the show, are you ready? Go for it. you good. So I forgot the question. No. <laughs> so if uh, you had a billboard that the whole world could see, what would your message be to the world?
1: Be yourself. Why? Because when you try to be someone else, then you're not being you and you're lying to yourself. And you're building a life upon lies. And that's not sustainable. Being yourself is going to allow you to understand your truth throughout your entire life. Build more truth on there. And although life can be hard, being true all of the time, because some people lie, cheat, and steal all of the time and see quote unquote success from it. If you be yourself and you stay true to you, you'll never have to do those things and you'll be exactly where you need to be.
0: Boom. Thank you so much, Kenny, for coming I know you guys enjoyed his podcast. This was one of my favorite ones, and I've been wanting to do this because we've had so many thank great you, conversations. Man. I know Kenny is going to have a tremendous future. Definitely follow him on Instagram, guys. Thank you. And uh, such a blessing. So thank you, Seven Rock Life Nation. Enjoy your day. Be there or be square. Love y'all.